Hey, 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 welcome to the Pastor Duke Podcast. Hey, thank you so much for tuning me in. What an honor, what a joy it is for me to preach Jesus. Uh, COVID took me off the road. I'm paying back on the road now. COVID seems to be fading out. But Pastor John Westfall got me into podcasting. He said, hey, will you be on my podcast with me as a co-host? And I'm like, what's a podcast? But uh, God knew what he was doing. And uh after we did a few podcasts together, <laughs> he proposed to me, will I be his permanent podcast partner? And uh, what, what a joy that's been. And he's my uh, editor now, and he's my mentor, and we work together, and I love him. <laughs> We're getting to where we almost finish one another's sentence now. That's really scary. But today, I'm a little jacked. I'm a little pumped. I've been seeing some fake, phony stuff out there in the name of Jesus, fake religion. It fires me up. I get angry. So uh, I'm just going to get it off my chest. I call the podcast today more about Jesus. Kind of in a negative way, it would be called the waning influence of the Lordship of Christ in his last day's church. But let me tell you, we're going on the positive. You know, we're all in an epic battle of the universe between God and Satan, between good and evil. I've heard it different ways being said that good and evil run on parallel tracks and often arrive about the same time. Tragedy on one hand, triumph on the other. Right on the cutting edge of that truth comes the words of Jesus. If you're not for me, you are against me. God said through Joshua, I lay before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life, choose blessing. This is not a new battle, but praise God, we are nearing the end of this battle. Jesus is coming soon. We look for the glorious and yet tragic return of our Lord Jesus, where the books will be settled. God doesn't settle his books every 90 days, we know, but he will settle his books. The righteous judge of the universe will have people reaping what they've sown. I've been just over 50 years now on the winning team. Uh, hey, I spent quite a few years on the losers team, and I'm glad to be where he put me. I've seen churches boom, and I've seen churches bust. I've seen leaders rise, and I've seen many celebrity Christian leaders fall, just like we saw in First and Second Kings. Uh, 19 bad kings in the north, uh, all, all bad, 19. In the south, seven good kings, but not many of the seven good kings even had a good finish. I think there were just two that finished well. Boy, does that challenge us or what? But by the grace of God, there go I, so I have no confidence in myself. I'm putting this message out, not in condemnation of the fallen. Their shame is of their own doing, and they stand before God. I'm doing this message to help all of us to stay in the saddle, and if we've been knocked out, to get back up and get back in the saddle, get back in the game. There are reasons why the mighty fall. Perhaps you heard a podcast by me on that recently. I'm going to illustrate before I actually give the message today, kind of a different way to do it. Through 44 years of pastoral ministry, I've had hundreds of desperate, hurting, confused, and often angry people pour out their stories of injustices and abuses that they've been dealt. The stories are horrible. They are 
they're poured out on me with intent that I'll join with them against their adversaries. After I've wept with them and and try to carry some of their sorrow, I choose not to side up with them. They're a little shocked. I ask them, is this destroying you? And they cry out a screaming, yes. I ask, can you change your adversary? And they cry out a screaming, no. And I say, here lies your victory or your prolonged agony. Get your eyes off the adversary and get your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just Jesus, which means Savior. He is way more than a Savior from the punishment of our sins. His Saviorship, I think I made up a new word. His Saviorship, but you know what it means, gets you into heaven one day, but it's his lordship that will be our focus now. His lordship that gets some heaven in you right now. It's the only thing that will get you over the hump of this tragedy, this thing that came against you. You can be under its control, or you can put that under the control of the lordship of Christ and walk in victory. Before I go on a Jesus is enough tirade, which I'm going to do, I want to clarify, I do believe there are mental illnesses that are very real, and a couple Bible verses won't fix it that. Bipolar disorder, paranoid schizophrenia, post-traumatic stress syndromes, I know they're real. I am an advocate of some select medications, and I know there's God raised up good counselors to help those kind of people through those kind of situations. But I believe from my own personal experience and working 35 years in the jails that the absolute beautiful and powerful lordship of Christ can fix any person, can fix any culture, and can fix any nation. And I believe it's only the lordship of Christ that can fix any of those said I'm seeing self-help books replacing theology books in even in so-called Christian bookstores. I'm seeing a financially lucrative health and wealth gospel making celebrities out of the false prophets who market this heresy. All that is man-centric, man-centered, as though God is there to serve our felt needs. The real gospel and real power to transform and deliver is Christ-centric, all eyes on Jesus. Not just thinking more of yourself, it's just not thinking of yourself. It's thinking more of him where comes our deliverance. All hearts surrendered to Jesus. No striking deals with Jesus. That Christ might have preeminence in all things. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Might I call what I see kind of back to the title I gave it earlier. I see, and it breaks my heart, and I know it breaks God's heart, probably even angers God. I see the waning preeminence of Christ in his last day's church. Today, we have all kinds of Jesuses, a Hollywood version, a Nashville version of Jesus, even an LGBTQ Jesus. That, my friends, is blasphemy. Jesus is 
not at all who anyone wants him to be. He is who he is. He is holy and undefiled, separate from sinners, the virgin-born Son of God, Emmanuel, God with us. He's the Jewish Messiah. He's the anointed one, the promised one. He's the branch. He's the coming prophet Moses said would come. He is the one John the Baptist said must increase and I must decrease. John said of him, I am not worthy even to untie his shoes. In Genesis, Jesus was creator. In Exodus, he was deliverer. In Leviticus, the lawgiver. In Numbers, the brazen serpent. In Deuteronomy, the coming prophet. In Joshua, the conqueror. In Judges, He was the righteous judge. In Ruth, he was the kinsman redeemer, the tender side of God. In 1 Samuel, the giant slayer. Down went Goliath. It wasn't David. It was Jesus in him. 2 Samuel, he's the king of Israel. In 1 Kings, he's the Shekinah glory. In Psalms, he's our good shepherd. In Proverbs, he's our wisdom. Ecclesiastes, he's our purpose to live. In Psalms, Song of Solomon, he's our lover. In Isaiah, he's our counselor, the mighty God, the prince of peace. In Matthew, he's king. In Mark, he's servant. In Luke, he's the good Samaritan. In John, he's the word of God. In Revelation, he's the king of kings, and he is lord of lords. <laughs> Dr. Sam Lockridge, uh, a black preacher in the middle part up until about the mid-80s, I think the greatest preacher I've ever heard, uh, Dr. Sam Lockridge, put it this way. I'm going to try to sound a little bit like him. I do it in honor and appreciation for uh, his brilliance and his black culture and his absolute love for Jesus. Dr. Lockyer said, well, my Bible says my king is a seven-way king. The Bible says he's the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness, and he's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory, and he's the king of kings, and he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder, do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's purely powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomena that has ever crossed the horizons of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled and he's unprecedented. He's the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine in true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder, do you know him? He supplies strength for the weak. He is available for the tempted and the He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and he sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleansed the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. 
He serves the unfortunate. He regards the aged. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder, do you know him? He's the key to knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway to righteousness. He's a highway to holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteousness. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. I wish I could describe him to you. <laughs> but he's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. Well, you can't get him out of your mind. You can't get him off of your hands. You can't outlive him and you can't live without him. The Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. Yeah, that's my king. That's my king. He always has been and always will be. I'm talking about he had no predecessor, and he'll have no successor. There was no one before him, and there'll be no one after him. You can't impeach him, and he's not going to resign. That's my king, for thine is the kingdom, and thine is the power, and thine is the glory forever and ever and ever and ever. You ask, how long is that? And ever and ever. And when you get through with all of the evers, then amen. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Lockridge. Man, I love you. I've heard that a hundred times. I got goosebumps the first time I heard it, and I just got them again as I shared his heart with you, my listening audience. Man, I'm having fun. It was the Lordship of Christ that delivered you and me. For me, the drugs, the alcohol, the tobacco in my early life. It was the Lordship of Christ that emptied my head and heart of the years of evil that I had stored up. It was the Lordship of Christ that filled my mind and heart with good things. His Lordship drove out the selfishness and replaced it with charity. His Lordship drives out fornication and adultery and replaces it with purity. His Lordship takes away cursing and bitterness and replaces it with praise and compassion. His Lordship takes away aimlessness and replaces it with purpose and peace and direction. His Lordship in us forgives those who've sinned against us and sets us free from their intended hurt and bondage upon us. His lordship takes away the fears and replaces it with faith. Oh, yes, there are consequences to his lordship. There's another side of this coin, and we should wear this side of it as a badge of honor. As we journey through this dark world, there are consequences to his lordship. Those who hate Christ in their arrogance and self-will will also hate us who love Jesus. His lordship will divide 
families, mothers from daughters, children from siblings. His lordship will be an affront to those who believe there are many ways to heaven. Sorry, Oprah, you're wrong. Jesus is the way to heaven. Sorry, Joel Olstein, you're wrong. Only Jesus is the way to heaven. His lordship will make us deplorable in the eyes of those who advocate abortion. His lordship will label us as homophobes to the LGBTQ coalition. His lordship will put us into jail ministries, and it'll put us into food pantries serving the needs of hurting people. His lordship will have us turning the other cheek to those who smite us. His lordship will have us loving our enemies. His lordship will have us denying ourselves. It will have us picking up our cross daily and following him. It will make us politically incorrect and hated in this world who serves the prince of darkness. His lordship will cost us our lives. But hey, he gave his life for us. Is it not reasonable that we give our lives to him? But as we do, in return, he gives unto us eternal life. His lordship lays up eternal treasures where moths and rust do not corrupt and thieves do not break through and steal. May I put it this way? I want Jesus on the throne of my heart. I'm thinking of that old song from the 70s, Let me see this world, dear Lord, as though I were looking through your eyes, a world that doesn't want you, Lord, but a world for which you died. I'm remembering now that neat little WWJD bracelet that I wore in the early days of my Christian walk. What would Jesus do? I'm remembering as a newborn believer, I did not yet know the scriptures well, and when the situation would arise in, in my face, a decision, uh, <laughs> the cashier give me back too much money. Lord, what would you have me to do? Instantly, the Holy Spirit would tell me what to do, and he never failed. He's faithful. And that simple, sweet beginnings in our journey with Jesus, just ask him, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he'll be faithful to guide you through. I'm thinking of Philippians 4.8. Finally, brethren, Paul says, whatever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are lovely. It's pretty emphatic there. If there's any virtue or any praise, think on these things. You know, when the enemy comes in as a flood, it's happened to me a lot through the years in the pastoral ministry. We uh, endured as a family the death of a grandchild. We've been through some stuff. You know, I've come to the point, I don't even try to figure stuff out anymore. I just go to the feet of Jesus and worship my way through. I'm going to do my Jesus ABCs with you. <laughs> Tune out the world, man. Just enjoy Jesus. Jesus, you are my advocate. You are the author and finisher of our faith. You're the anointed one. You're the alpha and the omega. You are beloved. You are the bread of life. You are the branch of David. You are the bishop of my soul. Jesus, you are creator. You are the Christ, the anointed one. You are conqueror of death and hell and the devil. And you, thank God, you are coming again. Jesus, you are my deliverer. You are my delight. You are the devil's nightmare. 
You are eternal, the everlasting God, Emmanuel, God with us. You are a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You are faithful. Thank God you are forgiving. You are God in the flesh. You're the great I am. You're the good shepherd. You're head of the church, and you are holy. You are I am incarnate. You are invincible. You are incorruptible. You are immutable, unchanging. You are Jesus, Savior, the just one, the justifier of my soul. You are Jehovah's Son. You are the great judge of the universe. You are King of kings. and You are kind. You are Lord of lords. You are light of the world. You're the lawgiver. You're the life. You're the Lamb of God. You're the Lion of Judah. You are my maker. You are my mediator. You are my mentor. Lord, you are the narrow way. You are omnipotent and you're omniscient. You are powerful and precious, the eternal potentate. You're the protector. You're the prince of peace. You quiet my soul. You're the only one qualified to open the seals. I feel like Dr. Lockridge again for a moment. You're the only one qualified to open the seals in Revelation chapter 6. Chapter 5, excuse me. You are our rewarder our Redeemer, the Righteous One. You are Savior, you're a sinner's friend, you are our supplier. You are triumphant and you are truth. You are unparalleled. You are our victory. You are virgin born. You're the way. You are wonderful. You are excellent in all your ways. You are Yahweh and you are the zenith of all history and eternity to come. Lord, you are everything to me. I choose to bless your name. I choose to know you more. I choose to to take my eyes off people. Are, Are you following me, gang? And when we tell Jesus who he is to us, he just might tell you who you are to him. He calls us friend. He calls our bodies his temple. He calls us his ambassadors. He's chosen us to represent him to this world. I'd say that makes us rather important in Christ. He calls us tenderly his children. He calls us by responsibility his disciples. Oh, he calls us forgiven. He calls us by way of affection his bride tells us by way of function we are his body. He tells us that we're fearfully and wonderfully made, be it male or female. I think I want to say that again. <laughs> in the world that we're living in, uh, wasn't needed to be set up until about 10 years ago. We're fearfully and wonderfully made, be it male or female. I, in the Lordship of Christ, I deny the 71 other genders that have been mustered up of late. He tells us, He's coming for us to take us to the Father's house. And he implores us, be you ready. Let's take our eyes off the problem people in our lives and put them, put our eyes on the problem solver. Let's keep our focus off man's depravity 
and our focus on God's holiness. And as we worship with wonder and passion, he will lift us above our adversaries and our adversities. I don't believe Jesus ever intended to start a religion. He surely wanted to establish a relationship, a personal relationship with each of us. He's more than a cosmic force. That way of thinking is blasphemy. He is our personal and intimate Savior. Pray as Moses prayed. Pray as Paul prayed. Lord, I want to know you more. It's music to his holy ears. He will surely answer that prayer. And when he does, the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. When's the last time you sang this old hymn? More about Jesus would I know. More of his grace to others show. More of his saving fullness. See more of his love who died for me. More about Jesus would I learn. More of his holy will discern. Spirit of God, my teacher, be showing the things of Christ to me. More about Jesus on his throne, riches and glory, all his own. More of his kingdom, sure increase. More of his coming, Prince of Peace. Hey, can you figure it out? Jesus is the answer to everything. I know things can get complicated, and they do. But when that's happening, let me tell you, the devil's not going to back off when things get complicated. He's going to come in like a flood. That's time for you and I to get at the feet of the Savior, the conquering prince, the one who brings us victory, the one who conquered death, hell, and the grave. Get on your knees before this God. Make up your own ABCs for Jesus. Use mine if you can. But you talk about worship, man, that will lift you up. So, Thanks for tuning in. I hope I encouraged you today. If I did, my prayer is answered. God bless you. Love you. Bye-bye for now.